Hello. Hi. How's it going? And Terabang, Michelle, everyone. It's going pretty good. Um, going pretty good. Feeling very lax and lazy. Where I'm living, we had kind of an early summer heat wave. Good times, almost good times. 100 degrees Fahrenheit, which is oh, quite unusual. For, yeah. Well, I liked it. I liked it. It kind of reminded me a bit of where I grew up with it, where it's typically quite warm in the summertime. It's getting hot, hot, hot. It's getting hot, hot, hot. Um, but I just liked how I was telling Stephanie before the recording stuff uh, in Terrabang, I just liked how much it affected the overall tempo of everyone. Like prior to this day, the average temperature has been like at least 20 degrees lower in Fahrenheit. Um, just remarkably different climate and then much cooler and overnight and stuff. But so it's a bit of a shock. And so just seeing everyone, I live in, I live like right in a city. Um, and so a lot of concrete, you know, warms up a lot. Oof. So extra hot when you're like walking around. And we have see some the like, heat radiating from the face. Yeah. Basement. And just all the, all the ice cream trucks on the side of the road. Everyone's lining up to get some, um, you know, water ice and snow cones or Italian ice. And sitting out on their front steps, just cooling off. Languishing. Very, languishing. Yeah. I mean, not getting a thing done, probably. Because you're just so, everything's so still. There was a bit of a breeze. But, uh, but yeah. And then... We have a few uh, like public like fount- water fountains, like for decoration purposes. But yes, people were getting in it. <laughs> people were most definitely getting in it with their. <laughs> Who's going to stop them? Even the police. What are you going to do? Hot. What are you going to say? Yeah. It's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Uh, What's so I think- the excuse? Sorry, officer. I'm just like dripping. I'm melting. I'm melting. <laughs> I think tomorrow we actually get a little bit of a rain rainstorm blow through that'll bring the temperatures oh, back down nice. to normal. So sure. Uh, but yeah, I have my setup tonight is a little bit to talk about today's episode too. I have my futon with the back flattened out. So it's a big flat surface and I have on here like pillows and I got like a blanket, a cooling blanket, a thin blanket because it is nice. so warm in my place and I have Brilliant. a candle lit. Um, Ooh, what's the scent? It is like a sandalwood amber scent fascinating and it's what is right- what is amber because i feel like this it's more set color. has been so elusive because yeah. essentially it is just a petrified resin mm-hmm. so how much scent well the color of it is also a resin give? but it's mainly sandalwood i would say right it's okay. like sandalwood with a hint of sweetness like from honey and vanilla okay. maybe okay. okay but i have it i have it placed right next to a perfume bottle mm-hmm uh, called Love Memoir by the supermodel Iman. And- David Bowie's wife. Is that is that Iman? Am I thinking the same Iman? Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Yeah, I think that I try to show Stephanie. Yes, that is David Bowie's wife. Um, and I, I have that particularly lit tonight because I saw a video of her the youtube channel architectural digest where she gives a tour of their home i believe it's in- i love their home have you seen that video i think i have i can't it remember very much but it's very it's a very classy house it's not like too over the top pretentious yeah but there are quite a few things that are like distinctly it was upstate new york or something yeah and the focus they have was good taste about- it's not too gaudy Right. And it was big focus about different pieces and you could really see her love for him and his presence in the, in the space. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think uh, for today's topic, I want to have a little opener to tie to. Wait, I didn't get to talk about my setup. Oh, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I am also uh, slightly reclined and I have a candle lit as well. Nice. Um Though I don't believe it's the same scent that you have. It's um, one I found on Etsy called Lake of the Lost. And uh, I'm trying to look up the description right now. The quote unquote ingredients are magical water, a heavy dose of fog, and a wayward soul. And so it says ocean 
caramel and forest um and the tone slash strength is soothing slash mild um i think this etsy user um like does a lot of D style candles so i don't really play D, but i kind of really found candle the holder itself is candle holder was repeat like like the actual uh, like the do you have just a plain candle or is it coming a little holder oh it's a candle that comes in like a little glass jar yeah so is the jar um, like D themed or no so the, the series of candles that they provide there's like one of the different roles uh there's like witch rogue game master pirate uh, oh i druid. see names and descriptions Yes, the name of the descriptions, and I believe if you order some of the candles, they do come with like the D20 die. Um, it's got 20 sided face die, dice. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I think there are some that are TARDIS themed, like Doctor Who is called something uh, Tea in a Time Machine. I think that one smells quite lovely. There's some hmm. Harry Potter based ones called like Patronus. There's one called a Hat of Sorts, which intrigued me, but I'm not sure if I would like the scent. but it starts off as a white candle and then you burn it and then it can turn to red, blue, yellow, or green, depending on what house you'd like to belong to. Oh. Or it's a surprise. Wait, the, the flame? No. The wax turns color? The wax. When it melts, when it reaches a certain temperature? Yes. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, so shout out free. <laughs> We're not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> but shout out to Candle Chronicles if uh, you want to check these out. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so lovely, lovely scents all around. I believe um, yeah. ocean caramel, forest sandalwood, amber. amber. Yeah. No, yes. that's. I like to hear that. That's a cool candle description, and also the temperature change is neat. Um, kind of reminds me. I have one of those like weather forecaster owls. Uh, that's coated in that cobalt chloride material, so it changed color depending on the humidity level in the room. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I got it it's a like gift. a mood ring, but like a yeah, like... and it is accurate. But I'll tell you one thing: I got it as uh-huh. a gift from a friend years ago, and they didn't tell me that it was a special owl. I thought it was just a cute little owl figurine, uh, and I kept it on the same spot in my insane. shelf of my childhood room. Yeah, they moved to university where we met yeah sure that was a different climate and it was in a sure. obviously in a, i had it in my apartment there i thought i was yeah i thought it was going insane i thought it was going wild because i'm like wait it's pink no <laughs> and i was like mapping it out i was couldn't sure. figure out what i was like is it the temperature and i couldn't figure out why i'm like no i keep like my thermos at the sure. same is it, has it oxidized somehow? It's oxidized. Yeah. I was like, maybe it's old. And then it went back to blue like the next week. And I was like, oh, I can't God. do this anymore. I can't I ha- do this. And I was telling I, ha- I was telling friends, like, look at this. They thought I was nuts. I I had a similar experience. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I was a very precocious child. I really loved time and watches and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was given my second watch um, at the tender age of, I believe five or six okay um and this was a i think i'd like to think it was a real swiss watch but i don't think it was um and swiss, it changed like swiss army or what yes yeah, swiss, yeah, swiss okay. army victoria knox you know something swiss it had the swiss flag on it got it um but i i, I don't think it was a, a real one um but i was so proud that it could change color based on the temperature um, I think when it was like hot, it was like black. When it was like relatively cool, it's kind of like greenish brown, um, more green. And then it was as it was like changed to like a more temperate setting, it would you know turn brownish and then uh, fully hot, just jet black. And I was so proud to show it to my you know friends. But of course, at the time, they had the mood rings of you know everything's a little opalescent. You know, mm-hmm. things would be bluish, greens, purples, you know, yeah. orange. And so it was just a lot more dynamic. So it made my watch very underwhelming compared to theirs, uh, you know, their stuff. But I mean, mine told time. I could time like 10 minute segments if I wanted to, or, you know, whatever the the, the timer dial does. I was yeah. very excited about my watch, but, you know, 
a little bit gutted that nobody else shared the same feeling, but I was, you know, still very happy to hear it. It's super around. cool, though. I like it. I would have been there for you. I would have only been there for you. Oh, uh, excellent. Just like my, uh, what's it called? UV sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <gasps> oh, brilliant. I excellent. totally cheered you on. Mm-hmm. Mm. but yeah I we're even buddies with our owls and my watch you know yeah and with mine though i don't know if that friend knew it did that oh, i'm not in touch with him anymore sure um i don't know <laughs> otherwise it was the best pranks sure anyone's ever done to me because i would have gone like crazy i would have been like i was for like several months <laughs> until the next season hit Brilliant. and it became rainy more you know i was oh god mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. god Anyways, so it's changing color because we're getting rain soon tomorrow. To uh, that'd be good to have the one that's kind of like a hygrometer, like it kind of checks humidity. Yeah, but it's like rather a lag than, effect. Rather than though. you having to go outside, I would love one for humidity because I never know how to dress. Sometimes it's gonna rain. Sometimes it's like right. so dry, but you see so many clouds in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be great. Pretty useful, I think, more than a temperature thing because i can read that forecast pretty readily yeah yeah no i agree really for sure uh the thing i wanted to open with truly was <laughs> sure. sure let's let's return something so a little bit about me i do like to be quite active and sometimes um yeah i'm someone the way i like to be active is typically like going outside and doing things mm-hmm. and but sometimes I run out of time, run out of daylight or something. And so I am a member of a, a gym near my place that I go to from time to time. If I like haven't moved enough or something, I might like go on, I, well, I go on like a little stationary bike or something or mm-hmm. the treadmill or something just mm-hmm. to like get a little bit of movement in. Uh, mm-hmm. Or they have exercise classes too that I'll attend. But my whole life, I've noticed I cannot go very long at all on a treadmill like i can run five miles outside like on a track mm. or something or in a path but i can barely go a mile on a treadmill i get I bored i am convinced that i prefer like walks or runs what have you outdoors just because i think i can vary my gait without having to push the buttons up and down on a treadmill because I'm a sporadic person. I'm not necessarily consistent. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll go at my own pace, but like setting it, having to set on the treadmill, you know, the specific incline and speed yes. as my body feels tired or not, it's a bit of a chore, even though it is literally just pressing a button. Yeah. So I would rather, you know, have natural inclines and stuff. Like, Unless prefer- okay, if there's on. like a Peloton version of a treadmill, right? where you can kind of see like a little makeshift trail or something they have those like a little screen yeah and it shows you so that's kind of where i'm going with this yeah a bit so i've always felt like yeah i'm just i don't know what i'm doing i get i don't get like physically tired but i just mm-hmm. get very bored after mm-hmm. such a short time i get so bored yes and so i was kind of revisiting the topic of of optic flow which is kind of like your visual perception in relation to how you're moving through a space through an environment Mm, mm -hmm. and so when you're walking through anywhere really you naturally your eyes make these very quick lateral movements to take in your surroundings as you're Mm -hmm. approaching things and moving past things Mm -hmm. and this is not just when you're walking it's when you're running biking driving Mm -hmm. for instance even when you're in a plane but it's just much more different because you're like when you go up in the clouds things move you know some i don't know say slower but they kind of look like it's giant clouds or something perspective relativity sure yeah so i was thinking about optic flow and these eye movements and i do know i just want to discuss it because um we're gonna be talking about moving through space and like your home a mm-hmm. bit and like traversing through rooms and also songs mm-hmm. is where i'm going with this um <laughs> So optic flow, lateral eye movement. So moving your eyes really fast, like left to right. And I know that it ties to mood regulation and stress relief, talking about mood rings, AO. Um, so I know that it can actually help reduce the activity of the part of your brain called the amygdala, which is kind of like in the deep center of your brain. And it mm-hmm. deals a lot with uh, 
how you're how you react to fear and also it helps you judge uh possible threats which is what happens when you're walking through any environment you're walking and you see a tree coming closer to you and you're judging it and then you decide if it's a threat or not and over time after certain amount of exposure right you kind of learn what isn't isn't a threat just because something's coming close to you you can understand like nope that's just a mailbox you're making me feel very Macbethy right now the woods the walking woods <laughs> coming towards us <laughs> the castle so it can help you like with your fear regulation and knowing that yeah you can go outside so it's, it's the importance of literally go for a walk be outside forward ambulation walking so that whole idea of like going for a morning walk to help like reduce your stress in the day. That's where it's kind of tying to. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's been attempts to try to stimulate the same thing in virtual reality. I've done a few studies when I was in research where they put me on like a treadmill and they had a giant like panoramic screen and they'd actually offset optic flow. They would do like eye tracking and they would distort kind of the approaching environment to look at how I was trying to move. And it was all wacky and wild. What were the conclusions? um, That things, because what it was doing, it was things that were moving, that were closer to you, um, were moving slow. And then things further away were moving faster towards you. It was very distorted. That seems like the opposite of what I intuitively would think. Yeah, no, so that's what they were, that's what they were testing. Uh, Ah, yeah, because typically it's the opposite. Sure. Yeah what naturally happens but it's on the screen so they were distorting your optic oh. flow to see how, right, you, right, how your body there... stabilized so did the body was the body able to adapt not well uh, no i was okay i actually had this cool body harness on <laughs> so you would like sometimes so like, like hold you yes, yeah okay. they would keep you from falling and you know busting yeah. your lip um but yeah so i wanted to discuss yeah optic flow the benefit of walking Sure. There are attempts in, in virtual reality with that. And also in Terabang, you may have heard, you know, this all also ties to with the whole lateral eye movement, uh, the th- modality of therapy called eye movement desensitiz- desensitization and reprocessing, EMDR, uh, which is known to help uh, with PTSD. It was discovered by B. Uh, I'm not aware of any of this. Explain. Dr. Francine Shapiro discovered it with. Okay. Uh, Vietnam veterans who had come back and were having PTSD episodes. So it's just the same exact thing of you don't have to be walking, but what you do is you sit, you're sitting uh, and you're, you close your eyes and you'll move your eyes left to right quickly back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And um, this, because it's it's because of kind of, we talked about this in a previous episode of the optic nerves and how they cross Mm-hmm. with autochiasm and they split and they go into different sides of your brain so like mm-hmm. a lot of the feed i'll call it from your left eye is actually processed in the right side of your brain and vice versa so when you're moving mm-hmm. your eyes left and right you're activating both sides of the brain mm-hmm. and it kind of just kind of wakens up quite a bit of the brain i'll just put generally so what these sessions will do when you're doing emdr therapy is you'll recall a traumatic time a traumatic episode and you'll be doing you're sitting still you're safe in a room with a therapist and you're doing these left and right eye movements and sometimes you can also do it by tapping on the outside of your left and right knee with your finger as well it's another method they fascinating the um, knee is another trigger yeah it's a pressure point but right. yeah you'll re relive quote unquote this traumatic episode while doing this muscle movement with your eyes or tapping with mm-hmm. your knees and you'll you do this iteratively in different in your repeated cycles. And each time you do it, you'll focus on a certain aspect of that memory. And the therapist will kind of walk you through it. And the idea is that you're reprocessing, that's where the R comes in, you're reprocessing the memory and you're mm-hmm. desensitizing yourself to it because you're reprocessing it while in a low stress environment. You're sitting in a room with a mm-hmm. therapist, you're reliving mm-hmm. it and you're mm-hmm. activating so much of your brain. So it's rewriting... So- rewriting history a bit so you're not like redoing the memory this isn't like the movie eternal sunshine the spotless mind but like right. you're just kind of desensitizing all the emotional trauma associated with it so that you don't have as much of a phobia or triggered response to things 
That's interesting. There was another thing I had read, but I have no confirmation to its truthiness. Um, maybe you can confirm this. Every time you sort of revisit a memory, you sort of are rewriting that memory a little bit. So yes. that's why people, after they've told you know stories maybe like 50 times, it's gone, it's blown out of proportion. Not necessarily because they want to make it necessarily sound grander. It's like they're misremembering bits and pieces of the it. So of it. Yeah. their brain is sort of making it up and, you know, subconsciously aggrandizing certain aspects of it. Yeah. Is or- that correct? That is correct. I and mean, that's why oral history is so, you know, hard to, hard to trust. Sure. Um, but where is this going in Terabang? This is the topic. Yes, I am of. also curious. And also we're crossing into what ha- uh, released this week was Harry Styles' new album titled Harry's House. So we're going to touch a bit on that. But I was just thinking, because this is something that, you know, the optic flow stuff I've been revisiting in my Mm -hmm. kind of reflections meditations. But I feel like there's just so much to whatever size, whatever, yeah, whatever square footage or such of your house, of your home. Mm-hmm. Um, the importance of just exploring it, looking around with your eyes at every little detail and noticing how the different spaces, the different rooms make you feel. It doesn't have to be your home, like your dwelling where you sleep at night. It could also just be your particular paths, you know, your, where you like to go on a walk, uh, where you like to your grocery store, walking through the aisles, walking through each aisle of your grocery store or you know food market and moving your eyes left and right and looking at all the different objects on the shelves and just being aware of like this is actually a you know a therapeutic thing thinking about the whole discussion about your amygdala and decreasing activity to help calm you down and reduce your amount of fear understanding that i'm just looking at stuff none of this stuff is a threat to me um and helping you calm down and relax and unwind and that's where i was going with it i don't know if that connection makes sense but anyways Harry's house came out this week. I was listening to most of it and trying to see if how it was making me move because Mm -hmm. I really took that title Harry's house very literally and Mm -hmm. was trying to think of as the songs the album was playing what was speaking to me in terms of like Harry's house like what room you'd be in yeah or what room he was trying to be in or what he was okay I gotta be honest I'll maybe listen to it in like a month or so I wasn't making a connection I ended up re- feeling, like it, feeling like it was more of Harry's playhouse or I had a mentor where he has this it's an actual physical house in his backyard that he calls thinking house sure. where he has meetings with people to like collaborate for like business ventures and stuff uh-huh uh-huh. So that's what I kind of felt it was more like. I wasn't really getting the sense of like, this is the bedroom. This is the kitchen. This is the sure. living room. It was more of like Harry's house, like a place you go to like hang out and play. But it's not really like I a mean, he is house. he is, you know, reasonably fairly wealthy. I think that's fair to say. So, you know, I think he's got more than one house going on. So sure. Yeah. So maybe something like that. It was just like a little like not even a summer house, but just like an extra house that doesn't necessarily have the essentials no no not at all uh, it has the tr- marketing it, uh, it has a big trunk full of costumes and feather boas and yes sequin jumpsuits but that's about it from, from the album i believe these are like little snippets moments in his like time you know between the second album to now that yeah uh you know it's like relaying his experience and the openness with which i believe he was saying that he was trying to show is kind of what brought him to the idea of like a house with like open doors you can peek a little bit into his mind into his soul to see like what's going on you know Mm. just be like not so not necessarily like a physical like this is the living room this is the dining room you know um i mean there is a song from his very first one called from the dining table um (laughs) but yeah, I, I agree with you that this did not seem like a physical room. It was good implication. music to listen to while cleaning. That's the only it's way I could connect. It's very much good cleaning music. I was like, so, good cleaning. so, so I got up and started cleaning, to be honest. Yes, I I agree with you. It's 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 not 
monotonous, but there is a certain element. I think it's like the beats uh, mixed with like the little quirky melodies um, that kind of are very conducive to, to helping you progress in your cleaning activities. And I believe um, I could hear throughout the album like bits of Japanese jazz, which I believe he was very strongly influenced by. I remember him in like uh, is it 2018, 2019, sometime around the time that he was giving interviews for the second album, Fine Line, he was talking, people were like, what are you listening to now? And he said, like, I'm listening to a lot of Japanese jazz lately. I think he spent some time in Japan or something, but he was really like, and I was intrigued. I'm like, what is Japanese jazz? Because I, I know the word jazz and there's many different forms of it, but I'd never heard the Japanese variety before. Yeah. And I can definitely pick apart influences. I mean, not specific influences, but I can hear samples of similar Japanese jazz sounding things. Is this things Japanese jazz this. from a certain decade or time of so, history? Um, there is one particular artist that I believe I read, um, Haruomi Hosuno. Hosono. Um, he made an album called Hosono's House or Hosono House in 1973. Um, which I think their elements may have been borrowed to put to this new album. But um, yeah, no, that's a very good question. I don't know the answer other than maybe that one 70s album. Maybe there's a couple different ones. I'm not entirely sure, but it's kind of an interesting genre to check out if you've not had previous exposure to it. They're, they're also good cleaning music, in the 70s. a little bit kind of like cleaning music or elevated music, um, which I think sorely needs an update. Like, I think elevated music is the bomb. I think it's great. I think not too yeah, many people are appreciating this, elevated music these days. Beat for elevator music. It's a bit more than just listening. It's... No, no, no. Not, not like do, 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 do. No, this is like a little more boppier than you Japanese You want to get up and music. move or drive yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I quite enjoyed the aspect. I think he also said in some interviews that came out relatively recently that he was also listening to a little more classical music, instrumental stuff. And mm. he was trying to not necessarily incorporate the um, the acoustic sonic elements of like the strings um, or you know anything like that, but more like capture the same emotion, which... I've only heard this album once, so I need to re-listen to it a couple more times, I think, to, to fully imbibe. Definitely an early summer album. Definitely an early summer album. Yeah. Uh, overall sound. Kick sure. off to the summer. Sure. Um, one thing, too, that and Terry Banks, Seth and I were talking about you know, in pre- pre- preparation for this episode. Um, for me, so just kind of backing up, right? So Harry Styles, member of One Direction, Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, I don't know what we're calling it, broke up or hiatus. Twenty hiatus. Okay, okay. I know it's sensitive, sensitive topic. Hiatus in twenty fifteen. Uh-huh. After they did five years, oh, five geez, albums, so all that, long. all that yep. shebang. And then they all kind of did their solo stuff. So Harry's this is his third album. So we had the self titled artist. One, yes, uh-huh. self titled album. Harry Star. Hairstyles, and then it was what year was that? Self twenty sixteen or seventeen? Something, yeah. I want to say twenty seventeen. I believe I seventeen as well. I think I I I remember twenty yes twenty seventeen. And then fine line. This one was tough. So we did some more research. So it was officially released in December of twenty nineteen. But I think with because he's gonna go on that's where he's gonna go on tour that you're gonna go to that it got all pushed yes. back in Yes, so, it was it it came the album came out itself came out like towards the end of 2019 because I remember everyone heard watermelon sugar and that was such a bop and it was in the middle of freaking winter and you know it's yes. such a cold time but you know he's got this lovely summer bop going on it just kind of makes you want to move and you're like oh gotta think back to the warmer climes warmer times um and yeah and then i had signed up for his tour that, oh, that was album. to tour in like i think 
um the fall of 2020 like that summer into fall 2020 i thought yeah 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 i was mine was like specifically i think like in early early fall and then um then it got pushed back to like 2021 and then i did i go to that one i think i did you did yes i must have yes um and then now covid COVID, like distorted it completely kind of like that experiment where you put like milk with like food coloring or something just kind of it's kind of like maybe in soap what but you, you put dish soap and milk yes and you okay you, you were missing like... a couple words there and Sorry. i was wondering where you were going <laughs> i was gonna say it's more like a sensory deprivation chamber where you don't really have any idea of you know how time is passing because yeah. everything just kind of feels it embryonic yeah um, so that album and then and then he released like the singles for the music videos like oh, throughout that summer of 2020 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it's kind of confusing for us to piece a lot together but then we're here now with this third album <laughs> here we are here we are third album more. harry's house which sure. hopefully the world situation goes better so that it can be more on schedule, on track for releasing the album, and if he's going to do a tour or to, performances to, or something, yeah, one at least. Yeah, um, I'm curious how this album will play live. I think that's to I me the most be intriguing aspect. I, of I feel like it'll be better. I felt, which happens to some artists. I don't know. Maybe it's just my pers- my. Uh, preference but I feel like sometimes sure. they put a little bit too much softening effect on their voice in the studio yeah recording. in the studio recording because the only song that really stood out to me on this album was Matilda which I really felt I could hear him uh-huh. clearly I love the story behind Matilda I can't for the life of me remember how it sounds which is it's awful I know um, for reflecting on me not the music um <laughs> I just can't remember it that well, but I have memories of cheese as I've established before. But I like the story. It so I think it was written based on someone he knows personally yeah. or knew. Um, and they were very unusual um and like not not normal at all. And um I I don't know if they've passed or something, but it he was very evasive when interviewed about like the original source person um but it was there is there is a matilda maybe not specifically named matilda right and this this individual may or may not know that this song is about them okay right um but he wrote the song called matilda based on the real doll character matilda who is my favorite real doll character um, because nobody really understood her. She's kind of an odd duck. And, uh, you yeah. know, she was just waiting for something to happen. And something did happen, but, like, she didn't really know what to do. Then something did. It's kind of a dark story for, like, a children's story. But it was kind of the best because they feel very profound, deep, you know, to a certain extent. And there's something you can't quite pick apart when you're a child. You just don't have the diction um or mm. you know lexicon to kind of describe what you're feeling but like right. you recognize it in that and i sort of related i mean i didn't have any magical levitating powers but you know i always felt a little offbeat mm. a little a little bit like an odd deck as well so i kind of appreciated uh that someone saw that in other children um and yeah, so I, I kind of thought that th- that's a beautiful story. Uh, best wishes to whoever it was meant to be or whoever else it touches the song and or the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so sorry, you, you were saying the sound, um, you said it was very clear. On that song in particular. And then I, I also was intrigued by the lyrics too. Okay. And what were the lyrics? Well, they're kind of describing how this person was, and it was okay. pretty much of like what you were just saying. Um, so I kind of feel like also seeing his live performances in the past, I feel like the live performance of this album will be better than the it's more touching, more touching, more intimate because it's just be his more of his raw voice and vocals. And uh, 
I feel like he's kind of, um, yeah, kind of a good storyteller. Yes. Very, 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 very charismatic in his presence. Sure. Yes. And another I... thing we were talking. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I didn't have anything else to add. Go on. <laughs> another thing that we were talking about, Stephanie and I interviewing, was um, kind of just recognizing, because I feel like I've, I've listened to a decent chunk of all of these three albums, mainly like the more popular songs from them. Okay. But like it kind of like felt like there was a parallel thread tying these three albums. Sure. And I think that's partly due to because he's had kind of the same core group of people around okay. him, whether it's his actual bandmates or maybe writers or producers, producers or something. Sure. Okay. Um, and I think that's, so I wouldn't say like the sound is redundant. They're different, but you can see the relation. And I feel I like kind of like appreciate seeing the evolution, I think from like the yeah. one direction, vaguely cookie cutter days. I think that's fair to say. It's like just general pop music, right? Yeah. And then the first album, you know, he's stepping into newer waters where sure he's got elements of, you know, that popness with um kiwi only angel you know like big brash songs that everyone's really expecting to kind of like shove in your face but then there's also some of the mellow tunes um ever since new york i think sound of the times yeah they're just a bit um a little bit belty but not like they're more somber i think yes and then um, there's a couple kooky ones. And then, like, I think Fine Line, I think you had mentioned Golden. Was Fine Line, golden. so the second, Adore You. Catered to Interrobang, so Fine Line, the second tree. album. We think yes. We, should, we think we shouldn't state which album we're always referring to. Right, right. I think there's a few songs that are still quite poppy. And then some that are kind of a little bit kooky, like uh, Treat People With Kindness. It just feels like it's wholesome, but it seems to come out of, not nowhere, if you sort of know the background of you know what he kind of stands for but it's it's a little just randomly happy <laughs> seemingly um and then there's just like depressing sad morose falling, falling with fa- yeah falling <laughs> that's what i was referring to um the one i appreciated the most was fine line that was to me uh, a very lovely al- uh, song that i guess he titled the whole album after that kind of went through the whole spectrum of emotions of like sadness, uh, like all, all the stages of grief almost, you know, like acceptance, anger, whatever. And then you finally, you know, rising to the top, um, like crescendo of happiness, wholesomeness, whatever you want to call it, made making whole again. Um, and yeah, so, so that, that one had wider spectrum. This one, uh, I have not listened enough to it yet, but I, I think that there are some sad bits, there's some happy bits. Yeah. Um, as it was, I think it's one of the happy... Um, so- this one is deceptive. The, it sounds happy. We talked about this in the previous episode. It sounds mm-hmm. happy, but it kind of reflects on the, t- the times that happened in the past that cannot happen again, either because relationships have changed, people drift apart. Uh, I mean, even COVID, you know, has changed how people operate now Some in some places more severely than others. Um, yeah, pe- people change, I think, is seems to be the a lot of the prevailing theme here. Um, the question I have yeah. in Terabang to think about, I think it goes either way. For when it comes to musical artists, do you have a preference towards artists who really like have different eras and reinvent themselves and their sound and their kind of their performing personality every album or every couple albums? Or do you kind of prefer the artists to kind of stay true to kind of the same, yeah, same persona, same general sound, kind of like Harry seems to be doing, where you can kind of see how he's growing and evolving? I would say argue like like Lady Gaga, for instance, like she's had like eras. Many like different Taylor, Taylor Swift has had eras of so much different sound. I kind of like the eras because it's kind of like what they say about actors if they're just kind of shoehorned into yeah. a certain genre. That's all you ever grow to expect them to be like a British villain. Like Ed Sheeran right now, I feel is coming out with his new music. 
completely different than just the little guitar stuff. I am intrigued about my feelings about Cheers. <laughs> okay. Because um, I, I, I expected him to go in different directions, yes. But somehow maybe I'm just a hypocrite. Yes, I think I am a hypocrite. <laughs> um, I'm not the biggest fan of his newer stuff. I'm going to be one of those grumpy people that says, "Well, I agree. No, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not involved by either." Yeah. Um, I felt like when he did, he the, um... he has a lot of opportunity, and I think, given his, you know, like the 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 breadth of his capabilities, he will eventually come back and do what I think. You I feel know, like Shape of You was a fork in the road, and he was like, "Oh, I'm going to go more pop now." And I think he wanted to do some co- more collaboration, so he's not like a one-man show, <laughs> poor guy, um, the whole time. So I, I'm not going to fault bam, him bam, for like Camila, Camila Cabello recently was pretty good. Um, yeah, I can't remember if I've heard that one. Um, I think I heard the Joker and the Queen. I heard his like Equals album, but I need to re-listen to it again to provide yeah. a more solid judgment. And I remember he had number six collaborations where he's got you know like I think Justin Bieber and a bunch of other uh, people who he you wouldn't normally associate with you know being attached to the name Ed Sheeran. Um, but you know it's an interesting experiment. I think everyone should be experimenting and not feel like they have to stick to one genre or another. And then eventually, maybe they'll come back. Maybe they'll find a new way or hybridize some of their taste. And I think that that'll happen eventually. Um, yeah. It's just this one's not my favorite, but I think that's okay because I can always go back and listen to the other ones that are my favorites. You know, exactly. Um, and I'll still keep supporting him because I think it'll be interesting to see where he goes kind of like Elton John or David Bowie they've had their rough patches but you know people still think they're quite triumphant yeah you know so um yeah I'm 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 interested to see where the journey is taking them and I think that's kind of the interesting part yeah even if the current station is not my favorite Mm -hmm. does that make sense it does I think that's a healthier relationship to have towards artists because I feel like sometimes fan bases get pretty ugly when they're like i don't like this new sound and they completely attack the artist they don't allow for experimentation and like testing out a new sound or not everything is going to be bright and shiny and perfect you know you got to let people have room for failure and i think artists a lot of them develop a possibly unhealthy relationship with their fans or the pressures of the music industry because having a radio radio hit or something you know they judge their metrics by how many sales of you know whatever singles they've got um it is a it is a a, you know need to make a living too right you know they got they got to get paid but um at the same time they should do something that they're proud of genuinely yeah. Um, notwithstanding having to just a compromise for the masses, I think. But I sit. I say this from my armchair. You know. Yeah. Not. Not a performing art. Not a music. Not. At all. Not having to. You know. Like. Uh, don't have a record play, deal. Play to, for my bread. Yeah. You don't have a record deal. You have to meet. I don't have to busk about. for my for my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, and yeah, moving on from that because there's a whole thing there and. Uh, we're not Song, songs i liked um i liked i think daydreaming i need to listen to it more i've heard some people like little freak a little bit better um daydreaming i think just sound i love instrumentation i think that was, the that most was i agree part. i like that one too and music from a sushi restaurant that's the opening song i thought it was so quirky i love it it was kind of funky it's a little bit funky like i like the went... grape juice with the bass the bass line in grape juice was... yeah for some reason, I keep thinking it's grapefruit juice, not grape juice. I don't wait, know why wait, my no, brain keeps great, thinking wait, no, you it's grape right. juice, like it like, is? like the kitty juice that oh, is, okay. you know, like in a juice box or like pre-wine grape yes. juice. I don't know why my brain keeps thinking grapefruit juice, maybe because the song is so like weird, zany, tangy. I don't know why my brain keeps thinking the song is tangy. Because now I don't remember. It's grape juice. I'm looking at Spotify right, looking now. At it right now. It's okay. grape juice. Okay. Okay. Um, and I I just find it befuddling. You know, like it's apparently it's about a physical and emotional hangover, um, which, hmm. okay. 
but I, I thought it sounded, it sounded like if I were to drink some grapefruit juice, you know, right. it's kind of like a little wake you up, start slightly startling moment, but you're like, oh, okay, I'm present. I'm here. I, what do you need? <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of situation, but you know, to each their own <laughs> interpretation. One thing <laughs> that I felt this album lacked. <laughs> yeah. Another point I'll make, and this is again, preference. I think it's also changing because of how music is released now. Mm-hmm. It's electronic. I felt that this album lacked what is called, you know, an album sequence where there's kind of, I guess, just you can really tell like the order of songs. So apparently he spent a in. long time trying to sequence this album in like many different varieties. And apparently so I this couldn't is find he's it. happy with. I don't quite know the journey of this album. I know the last song. I don't know about you. Did it feel like a last song? No, oh, not, not at all. Part. Not at all. It kind of ended on a slight downer. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's it. Whereas Fine Line, I mean, it was, it started as a downer, but then went to a crescendo. But I think another comment he said in the same Apple Music interview was that he wants listeners to, at the end of the album, not know where the next one will go to. And I definitely do not know where the next yes. one is going to go to. I, I, so I would have liked regard, it to be a bit of a better achieved. ending note. Um. I guess if you want, you could like readjust it and put as it was as the end, you know, and but you, you know, it's not the same as it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, call it a day. But in Terrabane, do you have a preference or you just don't care? You just, you know, you listen to a whole album, you pick your favorites, you run off with those and enjoy it. I mean, oftentimes after I've heard the album and I've like established it as like an album album, then I'll just put it on shuffle, right? So really? does order really matter? Sometimes um, I, I feel it does, the like the um, like Lady Gaga's. Oh God, was escaping me. The one she released in 2020, that one was beautifully done. Chromatica, Chromatica. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That one I've tried to listen to just my faves, and I can't. It's because she has. You got to listen to the story of it. Well, she's got those orchestral interludes sprinkled mm, throughout that blend okay. perfectly. Into I love song. it when that happens. So, um. But it's a preference because, yeah, I think it goes either way. Um, I think I'll have to hear it in concert because I think some of my favorite albums are like live recordings of concert albums. And you can kind of see when and where the music is going to blend into, presumably if they don't stop between to like talk about, you know, stuff. Um, But if the 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 tracks just kind of blend into each other. Uh, and kind of evolve and grow from like the previous one. I think that's kind of the interesting yeah. transition part. Yeah. Well, we are reaching a little bit over time now. I did mm-hmm. just want to just say when I was listening to this album, Harry's House, mm-hmm. um, I was also reminded a few of the songs. I can't remember now because I need to listen to it more. But a few of the songs that I think were more the slower, more melodic songs with harmonies reminded me a bit of the artist. I might be mispronouncing his name, Sufjan Steven, who mm-hmm. did some songs kind of famously for the film Call Me By Your Name that came out mm-hmm. um, in I think 2017 or 18 mm-hmm. um, based on the book. And I felt like there was so much, it's, it really was like sparkle in those songs that we're going to put mm-hmm. on the playlist, like 4th of mm-hmm. July, Visions of Gideon, Gideon, I believe he says in the song. Gideon! He pronounces as Gideon in the song, though. I think <sighs> I'm not sure. Well, he's wrong. Um, and then uh, mystery <laughs> of love. I right. think it it because that movie was so beautiful. Like it was it's so a, much so much sunshine, summertime, love, yes. lightness, excitement, and you know wonderment, passion. passion. Sure. And I felt like a few of the songs from Harry's House. To be honest, kind of reflect that. Reflected. I didn't think they reached it as well as these sure. songs from Sufjan Stevens, but it reminded me a bit. So I wanted. I, I wonder to an extent how much when we say it's not as good or whatever, is it because we're less familiar with the tracks? Because I know a lot of songs that I hear sometimes they just grow on me like organic. Maybe they will. So we may I'm have saying. to revisit this. I'm going to revisit this like in a, a month. couple months. And oh, for me, it's a couple months. It needs to like grow organic. Well, I want to make like, sure I hit it in the summer. Force myself to listen. I want to wait to the end True. of the summer. Okay. 
Okay. That's why I'll I'm listen at. to it more in the summer and then kind of like see where it grows. And then maybe in the winter, that's all I'll be talking about. Okay. Um, <laughs> just like visions of Mount Fuji and, and little sushi <laughs> restaurant, music for a sushi restaurant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about this again sometime. And yeah, I, I agree from the little bits I've heard of the Sufian Steven. Sorry mm-hmm. for mispronouncing. Um, I quite liked the visions of Gideon the snippet that I heard. Yeah. Um, so we'll be putting a playlist together um, that includes uh, these four songs that you've mentioned, Harry's House and Hasona House by that 1973 album thing that uh, Harry supposedly influenced by. Um, so you can hear a little bit of mixture of the inspirations and little soundscapes that we think our influences um and yeah hope you enjoy give it a listen tell us what you think see yeah. if it's see how it moves you if you want to get up and go for a morning walk a drive cleaning your house let us know what kind of music you'd have for if you had to create an album that's about like your house yeah like your In name the middle of your, your street <laughs> <laughs> Um, would you? Mine would, you mine would be that certain... song on repeat, <laughs> the, just just echoing throughout the entire house. Yeah, like a fever dream. That's that's. Oh my god! Yeah. Just like it. It's just like <laughs> one more oh time. Um, would I have a different song for every room? I would. I definitely would. I think. I think bedroom would have to be Cigarettes. Like it's just a place to sleep and just zoning out peacefulness. Okay. Yeah, maybe living room would be something else, but living room it would depend on daytime or nighttime. I think daytime it would be something upbeat, maybe some kind of like funky jazz, any jazz really. Um, nighttime, or cigarettes. Sprinkling on there. You know, because it's a time for reflection. Kitchen music for a sushi restaurant. You know. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Dining room. I don't know what's I guess it would depend on the food because there's all the, like different food pairings. All right. Well, Stephanie and Serving, I hope you have a lovely rest of your day or night. Yep, likewise. Take care. Have fun. Yeah, have fun. Uh, yeah. Groove out groove out a little bit. Groovy. Groovy. We'll see you next time. Bye. Can we harmonize? Bye. Bye. <laughs>